0: Good to see you.
1: If we can make our way back to our seats... So if you got your Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 16. We're going to have a guest speaker tonight. Um, James Stoltz is going to come and share with, with us from um, Luke chapter 16. I've done this to him a couple of times, but I literally gave him the hardest passage in the whole gospel of Luke. Not intentionally, okay? Um, and I keep on saying I'm not doing it intentionally, but it seems like every time I give him a passage, it's an odd one. So... Um, but this is, it's, it's a notoriously kind of difficult passage to interpret. It's one that I'm, I'm going to bet if you read it before, you might've thought to yourself, now what is going on in that passage? Um, but it's Luke chapter 16. We're going to be looking at verses one through 15. So we also said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that his man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, what shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, He said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to them, "To him, take your bill and write 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, you may re- you, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, Who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for um, this objective source that we can go to and and learn about who you are, God. Uh, learn about uh, your character, about your will, about um, the plan that you have had, um, for eternity, of how you would bring salvation to your people, God. We see Jesus Christ in the Scriptures, and we see His great love and sacrifice for us, God. We learn about our own uh, plight and problem, the the corruption and wickedness of our own hearts, and how we are to live in light of the gospel that has saved us by turning away from unrighteousness and turning towards Christ. God, we have this incredible um, your your Word that is an incredible source of of hope and knowledge and revelation to us. And yet we recognize as we come to some passages that they, some passages are more difficult than others. God, we ask for wisdom and for you to shine the light of the Holy Spirit, particularly on this text, shine it on our hearts. Let us understand it rightly and, and see what you would have us to understand from it. Father, we pray that um, as we, as we continue to, um, as we try to each week, God that you would bring revival to our community, God that as as the gospel is preached across pulpits in East Tennessee today, God that as as groups meet tonight in Bible studies and and second times of worship for the day. God, as families sit around meals, um, as as friends go um, to their places of work tomorrow and and share at, at desks and water coolers what they have heard the day before um, from the Word of God, we ask that you would use all these things and and many more opportunities, God, to take the message of the gospel. Um, to our community, that you would stir hearts with it, that people would be convicted of their own sin and lostness, that they would recognize their great need for Jesus Christ, that they would turn from sin and to Jesus Christ for salvation. And we pray that for everyone in this room. We pray that for everyone in our community. And God, we pray that your gospel would go throughout the world, changing lives and hearts and, and bringing people into your eternal kingdom. God, we thank you. We praise you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. James, come on and share with us.
2: So so Ash asked me to preach for him tonight. And when I asked him uh, what he wanted me to preach on, he said, uh, well, how about that uh, that first parable in Luke 16? Uh, And I said, you know, sure thing, uh, yeah, I, the seminary dropout, will gladly preach on the parable that has most scholars scratching their heads. So uh, there's, a, there's a lot of different views surrounding this passage, uh, surrounding this parable. Uh, I have fallen into a very specific uh, camp, a uh, very specific interpretation uh, of this parable. That's ultimately what I'm gonna share with you tonight. Uh but I encourage you, uh, you know, if you uh if you get the urge, you know, study it um for yourself, uh you'll find as I have, uh the first thing you'll read when you open up a commentary on it is uh oh this sure is a tricky one. Um that seems to be the consensus with uh, many scholars um on this one. Uh so uh uh, uh please bear with me on this one. As you have in the others. Um, so, uh, what's uh what I believe is a uh, very uh, important principle of studying the scriptures, uh, especially when you come to something that is very, very confusing. Uh, oftentimes, what you got to do is you got to try to remember, remember what has come before, uh, and understand that uh, the Holy Spirit is. Incredibly wise. Um, so um, don't uh don't fall into the mistake of thinking that the Bible must be in error because you don't understand it. Uh you know, it's uh really uh it's it's you. Um, so be be patient and grow. Grow with the text. Uh, grow up in the the understanding of of scripture and so uh, a good a good principle of study is to remember uh, you can't understand the new testament without an understanding of the old testament and what helps in understanding the old testament is knowing where the old testament is going with the new testament so study 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 and remember that's the best way to come to understanding of a difficult uh, passage and that's kind of the uh the main principle uh used in uh the interpretation that i embrace uh, of this parable is just remember what luke has already said uh and that's that's very helpful uh a very helpful key in uh understanding so uh what you have in this text uh you jesus Presents, uh, a parable. Well, alright, I'm gonna stop and back up. Alright, so Luke 15, 1 through 17, 10, I believe is all one scene. It's all set in one location where Jesus is with his disciples and, uh, what, uh, what the Bible describes as tax collectors and sinners have come upon the scene, uh, uh attracted To Jesus and his teaching and the Pharisees have also stumbled upon this scene of Jesus with his disciples and Jesus allowing the tax collectors and sinners to join him and the Pharisees come upon the scene as well. Uh, And so then Jesus goes into uh, a string of parables and this is uh, one of those parables uh, in that uh, in that scene of, of teaching, uh, and uh, so it says that Jesus said to his disciples, and he describes for them this parable um, that goes. Uh, it goes like this: There is uh, there is a very rich man who has this manager who he has discovered has been squandering his wealth. And so the rich man decides to fire this manager. He says, uh, you're done, you're out of here, go get me your books and I don't want to see you again. Uh, so uh, the manager uh, thinks very quickly and he figures what's going to be in his best interest is to uh, get the debtors to change the amount that they owe in the master's books and then, uh, he's going to go give those books to his master, say see you later and then hope that the debtors that he has benefited, at least one of them will gladly take him in and see his, uh, yeah, see, see that he has skills in management and he has taken their interests, uh, he, he has benefited them and so uh, they, they will take him in and when the master discovers when, you know, what's going to be his old master, when he discovers what this manager has done, uh, he commends him, uh, for his shrewdness. Uh, and, uh, so then, uh, what you see then is, uh, Jesus, uh, giving a warning, uh, teaching what he is describing these parables, teaching it to his disciples. And then, uh, the Pharisees step in and complain about it. Uh, so that's kind of what you see going on in this text. And, uh, now I'm going to go in to, uh, some of the details for you. So again, uh, keep in mind, Luke 15, one through two, uh, it says now the text collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying this man receives sinners and eats with them. You know, people who the Pharisees despise, uh, and Jesus invites them in. So the Pharisees are thinking, obviously um, this guy is deceptive and he is not holy. Uh the Pharisees, remember, they are uh, they are zealous to uh ultimately retake Israel, uh for Israel to stand alone. Uh it's currently under Roman rule, and the Pharisees believe that the way to do this is for the, the people to uh, be obedient to what the Pharisees believe obedience looks like. Uh, but the Pharisees, they have set up their own traditions, uh, kind of uh, really what they've done is added to God's word and have placed burdens upon the people of Israel uh, that they should not have done so. So uh, with that in mind, that's what starts off Jesus teaching these parables is the Pharisees grumbling that he would eat with sinners. Uh, and so you come to uh, this parable of, uh, so my Bible here says the parable of the dishonest manager. Uh, I disagree with that. It probably would make more sense to say the parable of the shrewd manager. Uh, but So that situation sparks this parable. Uh, verse 1 of chapter 16, he also said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. Uh, so uh, what Jesus is likely referring to uh, in this message is the Pharisees. I believe that in this parable, you have the rich man as God, you have the manager as the uh, religious leaders, the, the Pharisees, the scribes, the lawyers, those uh, are represented by the character of the manager. Uh, and then you have the debtors who are represented by these tax collectors and sinners that the Pharisees so despise. Uh, and so uh, what I believe kind of draws you, helps to uh, draw you into that conclusion uh, is that uh you know if you recall in Luke chapter 16 verse 46 one of the things uh that is um, one of the things that Jesus condemns the Pharisees and the lawyers for is for uh increasing the burdens on the people uh burdens that the Pharisees themselves wouldn't even dare to touch uh and so uh, in kind of getting a grasp as to what Jesus might be referring to and that a rich man had a manager who was squandering his possessions, the Pharisees who were taking on leadership of Israel were squandering what God had given to them. Uh, God had given them so much, and they were ultimately using it for their own personal gain and not for the benefit of the people of Israel. And you see here that what the Pharisees have actually fallen into has led them to despise many of the people of Israel. If you remember in some of the other parables, um, Jesus obviously points at what the Pharisees should be doing is going after these sinners to bring them in, to love them, to teach them to repent and to love the Lord. Uh, but of course the Pharisees have not done so. Uh, so... uh what I believe uh, is going on in this parable is that uh, Jesus is saying the Pharisees have squandered what the Lord has given to them. Uh, verse 2, it says, And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. Uh, and uh, in, in that verse, uh, for me... Uh, it, uh, it invokes some of the imagery of Luke uh, chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. Uh, and this is John the Baptist. Uh, when he comes in, he says, He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees; every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit, is cut down and thrown into the fire. Uh, So in in Luke, it just says that John the Baptist said that to the people. In Matthew, we see that he says that more specifically to the Pharisees. Um, And so I believe that that same imagery is displayed here in verse two. The master is firing the manager, uh, and and that's uh, that goes right along with the teaching that has been going on from the very beginning, uh, where uh, it's it's basically been declared that the axis laid to the root of the tree; those who do not bear fruits of repentance will be cut down and cast into the fire. Uh, same idea here uh, in verse two, uh, in verse three. It says, and the manager said to him and the manager said to himself, uh, what shall I do? Since my master is taking the management away from me, I am not strong enough to dig and I am ashamed to beg. Uh, so the manager realizes uh, he does not want to go into uh, a, uh, a a much harder way of life that he is not prepared for. Uh, you know, he is uh, he's been uh, he's been well set up in wealthy living, uh, and uh, he's uh, he's just not prepared to go on to a life of manual labor or begging for others to, to give to him. Uh, and uh, again, uh, the, the Pharisees, they have uh, placed burdens on the people of Israel that they themselves do not want to take upon themselves. Uh, that same idea, I believe, is invoked here uh, in verse 3. And uh, so uh, the manager needs to act quickly. Uh, he, he has a very short period of time to act quickly, just as the Pharisees had a very short period of time to repent before Jerusalem was to be destroyed and the Old Testament, or not the Old Testament, the Old Covenant is to be no more. The New Covenant is ushered in. The Pharisees have a short period of time. Uh, Verse four, I have decided what to do so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat he said to him take your bill and write 80 uh, uh, with the uh, with the numbers there um, i I've, I've read that ultimately what uh what the manager has likely done has come up with a figure and made it to where um he wrote that off for each debtor uh and uh the figure looks to be about 500 denarii. he uh he decided um he's just going to uh, benefit these debtors, uh, taking away 500 denarii each, uh, getting the books changed in the debtor's writing. He's going to go back to his master, which puts, uh, which sets up the situation like this. Um, so, uh, of course the debtors will look at this manager and say, Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for, for being generous for relieving this burden that was on me. Thank you for relieving that burden. And then those debtors are going to look at the master and say, wow, that master was so generous for doing such a thing. Um, so uh, the, what the manager has done has set things up in such a way where the manager is going to benefit and the master is going to benefit. Um, and I believe that is a picture of repentance, the sort of repentance that Jesus is calling the Pharisees to. What the Pharisees have done, they have laid up burdens on the people of Israel that they themselves are unwilling to touch. And for the Pharisees to repent, that's going to look like them relieving the burdens that they have set up on the people, that they have wrongfully set up on the people. They need to relieve those burdens, and they need to uh, they they need to seek to live. Among those people, uh, and, and that's what you—that's uh, what you get here in this text. Um, so, verse eight: uh, the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Uh, and uh, so, what can uh, what can get uh, a little bit confusing coming in on this part, as you see sort of the end of the story and then the beginning of Jesus's how he's uh, how he is describing what he has just told to his disciples and uh so you see that the master uh commends the dishonest manager for his shrewdness uh, and uh so the manager was quick on his feet He was wise and he has set things up uh, to benefit uh, both uh, himself and his master. Uh, And then Jesus says, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. The sons of this world being the Gentiles uh, and the sons of light being uh, the Israelites, uh, more so the Pharisees. Um, so Jesus is directly uh insulting the Pharisees and saying that uh in this uh in this account that Jesus has described of uh, uh I guess a, a Gentile situation, uh Jesus is saying the Gentiles are much better at understanding what is going on in their situation than the Pharisees are. If the Pharisees knew their situation, if they understood what John the Baptist was saying, if they understood what Jesus was teaching, the Pharisees would be wise to repent. They would be wise to go back and relieve the burdens that they have placed on Israel. Uh, But Jesus has said that uh, the Gentiles show better skills of judgment than the Pharisees. Uh, verse 9 it says, And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. Uh, so uh, essentially, what Jesus is saying to his disciples, uh, he is saying, Be like the shrewd manager. Seek to be like the shrewd manager, be generous relieve burdens, and be received into eternal dwellings. Uh, that uh, that should uh, call you back to Luke chapter 12. Uh, in Luke chapter 12, verse 31 through 34, Jesus teaches, Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also uh, and so it's it's the same idea being brought forth here in verse nine uh, be be generous in your generosity as you do to. Others, it is as though you are doing it to Christ. Um, as you give to others, it's as though you are giving to Christ, and you will be so richly rewarded. Um, you know, coming uh, coming into eternal dwellings is coming into the church. You know, ultimately, Jesus is saying, "Listen, Pharisees, you're done. You're fired." Be received into eternal dwellings. Join the church. Go relieve the burdens you have placed on the people. Join the church and submit yourselves to Christ. Um, and in, in doing so, um, that is how uh, they will be received into uh, eternal dwellings. Uh, they will be... Uh, received into eternal glory with Christ uh, but they must repent. Uh, in verse 10 Verse 10 it says, "One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful" and that which is another, which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Uh, so everything that we have been given in this life has been given to us by our Lord. Do not squander it as the Pharisees have done. That is the message that Jesus is presenting to his disciples because they will go on to be the leaders in the new covenant. They will be the ones... Uh, Igniting the church. Uh, starting the church. Uh, presenting uh, new scripture uh, and, and, and growth in the church. They will be the new leaders. Jesus is ultimately telling them, do not make the mistake of the Pharisees. Uh, and then. Uh, in, in verse 13, it says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Uh, and uh, so uh, this this presents what I think is the, the answer to uh, what is being described by this term of unrighteous wealth. Uh, in, in verse 9, it says, Make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth. Uh, what's what's being described there is unri- unrighteous wealth should be looked at as a personification of money. Uh, money set up as a false god. The error of the Pharisees is that they were not serving their true master. They were serving another master, a false master. Money. Money. Uh, you know, and it says here uh, in verse 14 the Pharisees who were lovers of money you know this is this is the great error uh, of the Pharisees uh, and so this unrighteous wealth is the false god of money use it use it to make friends use it to benefit other people and when it fails because money always fails it's a false God. When it fails, uh, you will be received into eternal dwellings. Um, so be generous with this false God. Um, and then it says uh, the one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. The one who is dishonest in very little is dishonest in much. Uh, if you have been if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? Uh, you know, for, for the Pharisees, uh, Old Covenant, they have been unfaithful. They're not going to receive anything in the New Covenant unless they repent. Uh, and then it, just the, the same thing for us. Uh, if we are unfaithful with the gifts that God has given to us, then how can we be Entrusted with the eternal riches um, that the Lord has to offer, uh, and so, uh, so, the the warning here to these disciples who will one day be the apostles of the church is: Do not fall into serving the false god of money. Uh, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The Pharisees certainly looked like they were serving God. Um, They were known as the holy religious men in the community. But Jesus knew their hearts. He knew who their true master was, and it was a false god that has failed them. And so verse 14, the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things and they ridiculed him. Uh, I think likely the Pharisees ridiculed him uh, because, you know, Jesus uh, taught this parable uh, and ultimately used it to say that uh, Gentiles had better skills of judgment than the Israelites. Uh, and so again, the Pharisees, uh, rather than hearing this story and better understanding their situation and how they need to repent, uh, the Pharisees uh, took that and doubled down in their stance. Uh, being lovers of money, they didn't want to hear from the true master. Uh, so they ridiculed him and thought, hey, we are the right ones. We are the holy ones. And this guy is saying that Gentiles have better judgment skills than we do? That's likely uh, the, the ridicule that was brought forth by the Pharisees. And Jesus said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. An abomination is something that uh, God spits out. He will have nothing to do with it. And these Pharisees with their love of the false God of money have set themselves up to be spat out. What they need to do is repent and follow Christ. Um, but, and you see here, um, what they have done is, um, they have doubled down. And, uh, so just, uh, the warning, uh, I, I believe uh, it's best uh, best summed up, going back to Luke 3 again. Uh, in Luke 3, uh, this time starting in verse 10, uh, it says, well, I'll, I'll go back to verse 9. It says, even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. by threats or by false accusations and be content with your wages. Uh, I think that's a very simple message uh, for us uh, in in response to this parable. Uh, Just, uh, you know, uh, use what the Lord has given you. Do not squander it. Uh, Your best bet is to be generous with it. Uh, Of course, uh, we definitely need to learn to be wise with what the Lord has given to us. But whenever you're unsure or confused about, um, you know, how, how you should be living, what you should be doing, always lean towards generosity. Uh, that's, that's probably my, my best recommendation to you. Always lean towards generosity. Uh, uh, bow your heads and pray with me. Uh, Lord, Uh, We thank you for this day. We thank you uh, even for uh, this confusing passage. Uh, Lord, uh, I ask that uh, even if uh, I was wrong in anything that I had said, uh, Lord, that you would still do a great work in in stirring hearts towards a greater love of you and greater trust in your word. Lord, I ask that you would um, continue to instill in our hearts uh, generosity, love for neighbor, uh, and uh, service in bringing others to you, Lord. Lord, continue to uh, put to death in us uh, greed and love of money, and enslavement to that false God. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would Continue to strengthen and grow your church. And Lord, continue to use us for, for such a service. And Lord, we love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Please stand and sing the closing song.
3: how great and mighty is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. faith. Help us trust in your guidance. From the depths of your grace, you have richly provided. Thank you. Thank you. Father, you are all.
1: James, um, a, a couple things that came to mind as you were talking, uh, we kind of got together and talked about the passage earlier in the week and, and, and directions to go. But I think you're right is, is the beginning of it. The, the key to understanding it is placing it in the context. We learned that in the, the other parables about who's he talking to. The Pharisees are the ones in the audience who are the issue there. And, and, and it ties into those, um, the prodigal son it ties into the lost sheep and 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 the lost coin and and here's what i was thinking as you were as you were um sharing with us um man again i'm i, I feel like i've got a lot of older brother in me okay and so that means jesus is talking to me in this passage um and and i'm thinking to myself about the burdens that my older brotherness has placed on other people um instead of trying to remove burdens um for the gospel um it makes me question that the 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 privilege that I have as a minister of the gospel, as they had as as religious leaders in their community, the ways that I've squandered that that opportunity, um, the places that I have not lived up to what Christ has called me to. Um because I think there's a tendency for all of us to say, Well he's not talking to me. Uh that's not me he's talking to. I'm I'm certainly not one of the people that um that, that Jesus is speaking to. And the reality is, is if we are followers of Jesus Christ, he's probably talking to us. Um, if we are people who have been in the church for any amount of time, he's probably talking to us. Maybe, maybe we aren't completely defined by the issues that he is dealing with, but, but he's certainly addressing them. So thanks again. Uh, appreciate it. Hard passage. I'm just gonna keep on giving you the hard ones and then I'll, (laughs) I'll go on vacation each of those months. So, um, a couple things real quick before we close. Cantwell's, Good to see you guys. Um, good to see your uh, your new addition. And so um, and and the blacks have been here now for a couple of weeks in a row. But it is it is again bringing it full circle for this service. It is a blessing to see um, these precious gifts um, in our midst and and uh, babies that have been prayed for and over the course of pregnancies and everything else. And so um, that's encouraging and exciting. And we're glad to see you. So um, and do what? Yeah, if you ain't crying, you're dying. Um that's right so uh let me let me uh uh hear this benediction as you go. may the Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, turn his face towards you and give you peace We'll see you next week
0: yes thank you. October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Um, I just realized that I had no idea what I was gonna say.
1: me be your pastor, um, it is a it is a great honor. Um, it is something that I don't think I'm particularly good at, um, or at least I'm growing in it. Um, it's something that, in many ways, is new to me. And so, thank you for your graciousness to me, uh, and as you deal with my uh, foibles and 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 idiosyncrasies and everything else. So, um, thank you, guys, much. Uh, love you shaking it. You're trying to figure what out what it is. is. <laughs> okay. It's meowing, so I'm not sure what that is. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank <laughs> you. Exactly. How much I make? Not a word. So either they're negotiating and it wasn't a slam dunk, or they're just waiting and they don't have an outfit. I, I was told, though, as soon as I heard, as soon as a yes was responded to, mm-hmm. that it was going to go on last. So uh, the fact that I haven't heard anything in the week, although again, I might be out. So I'm like, I'll get that last. I would think county attorney, sir. I was thinking about it within right, so I wonder if there's more to it because okay. so his wife holds she's a teacher. and holds two music directorships at places out in Massachusetts. But they're looking at a significant paycount pay. if she's making all that and she loses all that pay, They're
2: looking at probably
0: making forty percent of what they're making up they're, you out. Yeah. Because if she can't find out here, she still nobody takes it to bring uh what like <laughs> <laughs> it well, you know, it's, it's fine. for more than in this area. But it's not used 200 and Not there. Yeah, so I don't know if in I know a of the of So, it's, at least yeah I'm, starting I mean, so is, in, I'm yeah, I'm sorry. whatever Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, we got four four over there, six over there, um three on that one. But yeah, it's like so the fact like that I haven't heard anything makes me I Like I said, I would have. I'm so i right. yeah. ear- about it. this is I'm talking That's I'm talking about. Like, you know, it this
1: work. interview. I go, okay. All this is is phone But I have
0: not said that this is more than enough time. Usually it's like a 72 hour wait. Here's our offer. 72 hours. Uh-huh. Thank my one. He yeah you like different swing yeah so. Chair is low. I'll take one.